Well, I think the events of the last week have gotten us all to understand the importance of returning our manufacturing base and our domestic production, our made in America focus, bringing it back to the United States, building up our own industry, building up our own resources. Now, did you know that 85% of the grass fed beef that you go and you see out at the stores or you get online, it's imported. You're actually paying premiums for low quality foreign meat when you go and do that. Well, I have a solution for you when it comes to that. And that solution, our sponsor is Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers, they sell 100% American meat. They deliver it to your door for a great price. Good Ranchers help solve all of these issues. You can go there, your beef, chicken, your seafood, you get all your needs. It's 100% American beef source. Look, I got a script that they want me to read on this thing. I'll just tell you guys. Tanya, we, my wife, Tanya Tay, when we got the box from Good Ranchers, she dug into this thing. She loves it. We have been cooking everything out of there. Ribeyes, T-bones, New York strips, burgers, Wagyu's, all the rest of it. Just amazing, amazing stuff. And it all comes directly from there. And so Good Ranchers, it's absolutely fantastic. There's no guesswork. You know exactly what you're getting. And it comes, it's all so high quality. So for us, for our kids, for our family, it is so easy to just pop it in the fridge, pull it out when we need it, boom, done. And so you go, where do you go to get all this information? It's goodranchers.com slash poso. You can find all the deals right there. Goodranchers.com slash poso, American meat delivered to you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. You know, I, I think I forgot to mention this yesterday, but we're actually down here. We're recording live and broadcasting from CPAC down in Orlando, Florida. Uh, we had pre-scheduled to be here. We didn't know that a war was going to be breaking out, obviously. But as they say, you know, may you live in interesting times. And we certainly do live in interesting times. So here we are at CPAC reporting on the war in Ukraine. Russia launched this war against Ukraine as NATO was moving in. Didn't want Ukraine to join NATO. Didn't want those forces. Didn't want the missiles, the javelins, the arming of the army. Saw it as a threat. And now we have the response. Now we have Putin's response. It wasn't diplomatic, it wasn't negotiations, it wasn't talks. They have been met now with force. But more than that is going on, and we're going to break into that. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. So in terms of updates, I'll give you what I know. Obviously, there's a lot of fog of war going on right now, literal fog of war. There's disinformation, there's false videos, there's videos being sent from video games that are being shared across social media. And I said this yesterday on um, Turning Point Live, and I'll say it again here, that be careful what you see on social media. Be careful about these videos. Uh, there's one video going around, supposedly, of a dogfight between a Ukrainian fighter and a Russian fighter over Kiev. Turns out that video actually comes from a video game. And that was something that someone created and then made to look as if it was from the actual fighting. So understand, because our computer graphics are so good right now, you don't quite know if what you're seeing is something that actually happened or something that someone created. A good rule of thumb that I use, though, is if you're seeing something when it comes to uh, multiple, if there's multiple angles, if there's multiple videos of one incident, that does add to the credibility of it. But just keep that in mind. Before, you know, think before you share. I understand that it's very emotional. And here it is. You are going to see brutality come out of this. Make no mistake, that brutality is on the hands of Vladimir Putin 
and the Russians who instigated this conflict. But at the same time, we're not going to lie about the people who brought us here. We're not gonna lie about the involvement of the Biden family. We're not gonna lie about the involvement of the Clinton family and the Clinton Foundation. We're not gonna lie about the warmongers and the neoliberal, neoconservative elite in this country, in the United States, that have sought to expand America's military alliance and expand America's military footprint around the world. Libya, Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, these things happened. And these things were done in the interest and in the name of the United States. We had a system of unipolarity. What does that mean? Sure, there are other countries in the world that US did business with, but the US was essentially, and I do mean was, essentially a global hegemon. We were a global superpower. Cold War ended, US was the only superpower left. And you had this idea of something called Pax Americana, the peace of America. Well, that's done now. America has grown weak. America has grown soft. Our leaders have grown weaker. Our leaders have grown softer. And our economic ties to other countries who are not our friends, like what we did with outsourcing our entire manufacturing base, our entire manufacturing infrastructure to China and other parts of the world, is now coming back to bite us. Do you now understand why your manufacturing base is a national security concern? Are you paying attention yet? Do you get it now? I think a lot of people get it now. I'm not gonna beat that point home. After the pandemic, where we couldn't make our own pharmaceuticals and make our own PPE, after we're now seeing warfare, when our steel industry, our aluminum, is dependent on other countries. And by the way, fossil fuels, the idea that we have not pursued nuclear power, but we have pursued these green energy, renewables, solar power, it was always a fantasy. It wasn't going to work. And because we've left the world reliant on fossil fuels, but at the same time, cut down our own fossil fuel production here in the United States domestically, Alaska, offshore, our fracking, now that's coming back to bite us because we've become reliant on countries like OPEC. OPEC is who? The Saudis and the Russians. So understand, we put them in this position. We gave them this power. We, we gave this to China. We gave this to Russia. But at the same time, we demonized them. We pursued military entanglements that they viewed as threats, specifically in terms of Ukraine. The United States did support a coup, a violent coup, in 2014 that overthrew the Ukrainian government, democratically elected government. They were not a quote unquote pro-US government. That being said, they were elected, they were overthrown. All of this was viewed through the lens of the people who lived there as threats. Understand that. And when people were talking in the United States military and the United States government about putting long range missiles or even short range missiles in Ukraine, the leaders of Moscow and the leaders of the Kremlin viewed that as a threat, that they had other options. And that's where the brutality of all of this goes on that. They had so many other options. You could have cut off your own, the pipelines. You could have raised the prices. You could have done so many more things. But make no mistake, Vladimir Putin chose this path. He chose the path that he is on now. 
He chose to roll these dice and to step away from the table of negotiations and economics and choose the path of war. Understand that. Do they have national security concerns? Fine. But he didn't have to do this. He just simply didn't. And you got people like Hillary Clinton now, former Secretary of State, calling for actual acts of war on Russia, a cyber attack, when you've announced that we're the ones doing it. Could you be more stupid? You're calling for acts of war directly on the Russian homeland. Again, do you understand anything yet about how the Russian strategic military decision-making calculus works? They are going to view that as an escalation and they're gonna view it as an attack on Russia. You are now gonna draw the United States, think about that, do you really wanna draw the United States and all of our people and all of our military, as weakened as it's become, as soft as it's become, our finances, as bad as they've become, our debt as out of control as it's become, you wanna draw that into a direct war with Russia. This was the whole point of the Cold War that we don't get into direct war because of something called mutually assured destruction. And Vladimir Putin was very clear about that when he announced this operation, when he announced this invasion. He said, essentially, that anyone who intervenes will be responded to with a high level of force. What does that mean? He's focused on nuclear war. He's put nuclear war on the table. So now the question becomes for us, or strategic calculus has to be, how do we prevent nuclear war from coming to the American homeland? It is not worth losing New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and Washington, D.C. Over this. And it just comes down to that. I know, I know, got my problems with those cities, but certainly San Francisco. But the time for all that talk is later. What do we do now? Look at the way the world is changing around us and understand how this is happening. Before I wrap up this segment, I'll give you a basic encapsulation of what we know in terms of how the operation is going on on the ground. The Russian lines are pushing in from the south, from the east, and from the north. From the north, I think that's the one most people are focused on right now. They are pushing down from, uh, from areas of Belarus and areas of Western Russia. They're coming down across the border regions, and they're headed in a pincer movement directly for Kiev. There is a battle for Chernobyl. You guys, are all, certainly everyone remembers Chernobyl or remembers the events of 1986, the nuclear meltdown that took place there. There was a battle that included an airborne assault from the Russian paratroopers into Chernobyl. They fought for it. They won. And they are now pushing forwards through Chernobyl on the path to Kiev. Chernobyl lies directly on the Dnieper River on the path to Kiev. And now the fighting is beginning in Kiev. We're hearing reports that Chechens, the Tartars, the Cossacks, they're all being called up. They're being sent in. Understand what this means. They are gearing up for real urban warfare, urban combat. And the Ukrainians, Kiev, we're hearing are also arming their populace, arming the civilians. Understand the Russian rules of engagement. They will target civilians with guns and they will treat civilians as armed combatants. That's what's going to happen. You are going to see brutality unleashed and it's gonna be on each other. In the middle of these cities, you're gonna see street to street fighting and you are gonna see absolutely horrific and bloody images coming out of this. And I want people to understand 
This could have been prevented. This didn't have to happen. The Chechens that are going in, they're most likely going to be going after the Azov Battalion. They're probably going to be deployed, thousands of them, it looks like. They've been marching through Grozny, which is their capital city, Chechnya. They're marching. They're headed to Donbass, most likely. They're going to go after the Azov Battalion. The question then becomes for us, what is Russia's strategic nuclear cal strategic calculus? Do they want to hold all of Ukraine? We've seen targeted strikes, targeted operations. We've seen the pincer movement on Kiev. But it doesn't appear as if they're trying to hold all of Ukraine. We have heard some rustlings and some putting some feelers out. Zelensky is calling Macron, trying to reach out to Putin, try to sit down for peace. Lavrov has said that they may send a delegation to Minsk for further talks. This could be the path out of this, an off-ramp from these hostilities. And it's going to lead to changes in the border. Make no mistake about that. It is going to lead to changes in the border lines between Crimea in the south, to the Donbass in the east, and we'll see what happens in Odessa. But understand, this is the real world now. The time for pieces of paper are over. Energy politics, pipeline politics, warfare, military, boots and steel. This is the way the world works. This is the way the world has always been. You can try to deny it because you don't like it. And you can try to turn away and avert your eyes. But just because you close your eyes to reality doesn't mean that reality isn't there. You say that men can become women, women can become men. Up is down, left is right. Tell yourself whatever you want, but you can't ignore reality. And a lot of this, a lot of this wishful thinking that went in, President Biden, Clinton family, you sold the Ukrainians out. Completely, you built them up and you sold them out. And you're walking away with millions and millions of dollars in the coffers of the Biden family's bank accounts. Hunter Biden's laptop proves all of that. Hillary Clinton and her foundation, you see what's there. That was the money of the people of Ukraine. You took it, you put it in your pockets, you gave it to your defense contractor buddies. And now you're walking away while those very same people are under attack. All right, and just to say it, if you want to continue to support us, support the show, support our advertisers, of course, one of our advertisers is MyPillow. You go to MyPillow.com slash POSO, get all the deals. You'll see it there, MyPillow.com slash POSO. More explanation, though. What's going on? We saw the Battle of Chernobyl. We're going to see the Battle of Kiev. It's already begun, as a matter of fact. It's happening right now. This war could have been prevented. But more to the point... We are now seeing a global restructuring of the world order. The United States is no longer the main superpower in the world. What you have is a resurgent Russia and the rise of China. So understand this. Russia is seeking to balance out China and India. But at the same time, India has now announced, we're getting reports, that they are seeking to find a way to continue to trade with Russia despite the sanctions. What does that mean? They're gonna to seek 
to find a way to do financial deals with them throughout the SWIFT system, outside of the SWIFT system, which means no US dollar. So Russia's gonna stay on the SWIFT system for now. And why is that? Well, if you kick them out, or even push to kick them out, you should, by the way, but what's like a response to that gonna be? That's gonna drive them to try to create a parallel financial economic system with China and with India and with others, possibly even Brazil. That's the one belt, one road. That is the answer to all of this. We are moving now to a system of multipolarity. We're moving to a system of the world where the US is not dominating everything. You're gonna see India make deals with Russia and China. You're gonna see China make deals with everybody. You're gonna see Russia make deals with all of these areas. And you're going to see Europe, Europe is going to be moving in a direction where they are turning away. It's gonna seem like they're turning away from the United States. But understand, we're gonna to have to stop looking at the world as if it's good guys and bad guys anymore. Don't me wrong, there is good and evil, but understand that what is in America's strategic national interest? What do I mean by that? The good of our nation means providing for the security and the prosperity of the American people first. And that's why I said yesterday, I think I'm the only person who said this, for some reason, President Biden didn't even say it. But a threat on any American city will immediately lead to Moscow and Beijing being raised to the ground. President Trump used to say this, by the way. He told, it's reported, he told Vladimir Putin to his face that if Putin invaded Ukraine, that Trump would bomb the Kremlin, would bomb Red Square. And all those, the, the, the quote goes, all those beautiful golden turrets would be laid to waste. And he said that to Putin's face. He also told Xi the same, that he would bomb Beijing, that they tried to take Taiwan. Well, we don't have that president anymore. We have a president who responds with sanctions, with statements, pieces of paper. That world is gone now. That world isn't gonna work anymore. A piece of paper isn't going to save you when the Russian army is bearing down on your home. Understand that. If you made a deal with the Bidens or the Clintons, well, we've seen. We've now seen how they keep their deeds. We've now seen how they keep their word. You see what their word is worth. Make no mistake, all of this could have been avoided. We had four years of peace, and we were talking about building the American homeland, rebuilding, bringing our manufacturing home, decoupling from China, weakening them economically, and by the way, increasing America's domestic energy capacity. The more you increase that, how many, how many times do I have to say this on the show? We, don't want to, we shouldn't be invading the world. We should be invading Alaska. We should be invading the Permian Basin with fracking. We should be invading the Marcellus Shale with fracking. You go through all of these American domestic sources, offshore if you have to, AMWAR if you have to. Go to these areas and develop them, pebble mine. So many ways that we can develop our resources here at home. And Greenland, let's have an actual discussion about what to do with Greenland. This is going to be the way not only to support our people, 
not only to support our interests and our safety and prosperity, but also if you flood the market with more oil supply and demand, oil, natural gas, what do you do? Keystone XL pipeline from those oil shales uh, from up in Canada down in the US. What are you doing? You're now lowering the price of oil. That means less money for the Russians. It also means less money for the Iranians. Understand how this works. It's all fit together. But you didn't want to look at it that way. People wanted to focus on saying that America is going to be this immortal superpower and that we can lead the world. And history doesn't exist and the real world doesn't exist. Human nature doesn't exist and it doesn't matter. Well, it turns out that all of those things did matter. And it turns out that we've been trying to pull the wool over our own eyes. Now understand, I've talked to a lot of people who are either in Ukraine, Belarus, we've even had messages from Russia. The young people over there, they don't support this. They don't want this, but they saw it coming. Do you know that a lot of Russians in just the past couple of weeks converted their rubles into US dollars? Why? Because they knew what was coming. They saw this coming and they wanted to prepare for it. They knew the Russian economy would take a massive hit in the near term, and it is going to, by the way. And Putin may have miscalculated on this. And if he did, that's going to put Russia in a much, much weaker position than it's ever been, at least economically. But understand that economics is not the only thing that Russia responds to. They respond to power. They respond to force. This is the way of the world. This is Athens and Sparta. This is the sea power and the land power. The Athenians were seen as extravagant, decadent. And the Spartans, I think we all know about the Spartans and who the Spartans were. So understand, you're coming at the world from different perspectives. If you don't get that, the Russian people got it. But everybody in Washington, everybody in DC, everybody in London, all of these think tank analysts, CIA, they wanted to tell themselves they were so smart had it all figured out when they totally screwed up. And John Mearsheimer said it right. He said it best six years ago that the West is leading Ukraine down a primrose path to war, and they are about to get wrecked. And when it happens, and when it comes, the West will be nowhere to be found. That's about all the time we have here for Human Events Daily here live. We're in CPAC. We're in Orlando, Florida. And I got to say, uh, there's a good energy here with a lot of people. Great turnout. Excellent event. I'm going to be speaking on noon on Saturday. I'll be there. We're going to be talking about this. We're going to talk about more. We're going to talk about who we think the Democrats nominee for 2024 is going to be. And I think it's going to be quite interesting given the events of the past couple of days. There are days where decades happen. We are in those days now. Prepare before it happens, not after. Share this out with your normie friends. Be the resistance. We still have a regime here at home. Don't forget that. Don't trust them. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay a short.